Welcome to Chippewa Valley Schools Technology Services Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Chippewa Valley Schools Technology Services Podcast. My name is Jessica Thole, and I am your instructional technology coach. Uh, the second episode of our podcast highlights a Dakota ninth grade center teacher named Sarah McCormick. She's a Spanish teacher, and I really wanted to interview Sarah because she is using Schoology in a lot of really cool ways. Not only does Schoology serve as her classroom website, but it's a resource library for her students, as well as a vehicle to give and assess assignments online. One of the most exciting ways that Sarah is using Schoology is by allowing her students to record themselves and upload their video and audio recordings to a Schoology assignment online. I don't know if I mentioned it in the first podcast, but if this is something you'd like to try out or you don't know where to start, give me a call and I'd love to either talk you through it over the phone or through email, or we can set up an appointment and I can come work with you on your prep. So with that being said, this episode highlights Sarah McCormick and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Sarah McCormick. Um, I teach at Dakota 9 um, in the ninth grade center, obviously. Um, Spanish 1 um, all day. Um, in what ways, Sarah, are you successfully using technology in your classroom? Um, technology is, the, is a, a strong asset in my classroom. Um, we use it in a variety of ways. I use Schoology, uh, cvs.schoology.com, as my hub in lieu of a teacher website. And so most of my uh, extra documents, for instance, are posted there for students to access if they misplace something. Um, I also use it as a resource for students to get extra practice. Um, so I post links to external websites to help the students practice at home, whether it's Quizlet or Kia or uh, podcasts that I'm interested in that they might be interested in to practice their Spanish at home. I also have created uh, listening activities within Schoology that are self-graded so the students can see how they did right away. Sometimes it's me speaking, sometimes I'll find a friend that's a native speaker to speak so the students get access to different uh, language types, if you will. And students seem to like that in anticipation of midterm exams or final exams. Um, I've also used the Schoology format as uh, a way for students to upload video of themselves doing a dialogue project. Part of the requirement this year was that students logged back in and had to give constructive feedback to two other groups, um, which was quite productive. Oftentimes students uh, in today's day and age use technology and social media, um, not always in a positive light or don't always see it in a positive light. And starting the year off in that way, students were able to build community in a positive uh, light and realize that social media, because Schoology looks like Facebook in a way, um, can be used in a positive way as, as well as for educational purposes. So it's been productive in that way. Um, we do in-class reviews such as Kahoot and Quizlet, of course, but the Schoology as my main hub, uh, learning management system, has been quite productive this year. Flipgrid is also something that I've used um, once or twice, and the students like that as well, to be able to assess themselves on their, their speaking mostly in the language. Do you find, like, do your students have to, to teach them anything in order to get them to be using Schoology? That's a really good question. Um, I'll assess the students to see if they've had experience with a school, the Schoology format before. And so there is a lot of um, laying the groundwork uh, for students to be able to log in um, 
download the app if they choose, and to navigate within the, the learning management system. So there is some uh, groundwork that needs to be laid ahead of time because the majority of them have not had consistent exposure to the, the format. Okay. And you said that you do um, non-graded assessments through Schoology and Flipgrid? Um, the assessments that we do um, in Schoology are typically graded, um, whether it's a dialogue or the Flipgrid assignment, which is graded like as a speaking assessment. There are informal ways to use Schoology where the students take ownership of their learning and they click on an external link to practice on their own. Okay. Um, but for the most part, whatever submitted within Schoology is, is a grade. What's nice about it is um, it does sync with Unified Classroom mm -hmm. and so there is that passback feature uh, if a teacher chooses to use that feature rather than putting in grades in Schoology and then having to open up the grade book and do this exact same thing, you can put everything into Schoology and it'll transfer once you get used to that format and mm -hmm. comfortable with that format. Um, how do you access the devices you would need? For, like, do the students bring their own devices? Do you have devices available to them? How do you handle that? Um, most of the students here at the ninth grade center have their own cell phone that they bring to class um, and I allow it. The students walk in and they see on the board typically uh, a stoplight system. So they know if it's a red day, which is an assessment day, and phones will be collected. Behind my desk I have an organizer with numbers. Students are assigned a number. They get their assessment. Uh, they get their phones back after the assessment. If it's a yellow day, phones will be used periodically throughout the hour. Okay. Um, and then a green day, which we never have a green day. And students typically have their phones face down on their desk and know when to use them and when not to. And it has cut down on referrals quite a bit with cell inappropriate cell phone use. So I've been really um, proud of that factor and the students seem to gravitate well to it because they get to use their phones yeah. um, for review and learn that their phones can be um, a tool in their learning and not necessarily just a distraction all the time. But regarding uh, extra devices, um, some students don't have access or don't bring their phone to class because mom or dad say that they can't or they just leave them in their locker and forget and that's okay. Um, I, with grant money I've been able to access um, six additional uh, iPads, um, two of which are refurbished, four were brand new about six or seven years ago when I got them. And I keep them in class. Um, they are set up with quite a few restrictions so students can't just go on whatever site that they want to or take selfies all mm -hmm. hour. Um, but they can go to particular websites only that we use in class, including Schoology, Kahoot, and Quizlet. Um, and I check them out to the students that um, don't have access and it's gone really well. That's awesome. How do you find, do you find like your students are benefiting from using this technology? Do you find that it's helping mold them into being better students? You mentioned something that you have less office referrals because you're incorporating the technology. How do you feel it's benefiting your students? I think it's benefiting them because um, I use a mixture of, it's not all technology, I should preface with that, mm -hmm. but um, we still do the manipulatives with flashcards mm -hmm. and students cut and create Spanish and English flashcards. And so we do a good blend of it, but the technology piece, my hope is that students are learning that it can be a tool and that um, I believe that it's uh, helping them um, because they're able to get that extra practice for those students that are more visual learners. Um, a lot of the systems 
What's nice, a lot of the external links that I provide or links that I even create, maybe a Google Doc, will give the students immediate feedback. Um, it's not where I have to walk around all the time and they're waiting on me to give them feedback about what they're doing right or doing wrong, but they get that instant gratification and they can learn from it right on the go. Um, I recently created a, a, a checkpoint uh, with a Google Doc and I'm able to embed in it feedback. So if you got this question right, what did you do well? If you got this question wrong, what could you do different next time? So I give them verbal feedback. If they have questions about that, they can connect with me. Um, but they're able to get that instant feedback and either move on or review what they don't understand still. So I think that that's a benefit to them. In addition to, once again, like the manipulatives that we use in class, the whiteboard activities, mm -hmm. I try to do a traditional blend format with the blend. It's a blended learning, yeah. right? So um, in the end, I believe that they're they're getting different formats for the different kind of learner that they may be. And the technology piece is just one component of that. Sure, yeah. Now, as a teacher, how do you feel like it benefits you? Does it make your job easier? Does it make, like, it's, you, you mentioned that they can submit projects through Schoology or submit recordings of themselves, which then you don't have them coming up and, you know, doing one-by-one one listening tests or things like that. So how does, how does the whole idea of what the blended learning benefit you as a teacher? Um, as a teacher, there's a lot of front-loading for this kind of a format, preparing things way in advance and making sure that it's what I want the students to view, as well as, at times, having to go back and make revisions before the day that I'm going to present something. When I was a part of the Macomb 2020 group, it was very clear that the way in which our cohort was set up was that the instructors had quite a bit of work to do up front. In setting up Schoology, um, we had modules to go through. And it's in a similar way with my students. If I want them to take an online assessment, which I've also done through Schoology, I've used the Google Forms format as well as Excel Forms and the Schoology assessment piece, trying out different ways to assess the students. The work ahead of time, it's just as if I were to prepare a paper quiz, but the grading isn't there. Um, so the students, see their grade right away, it goes in the grade book, whereas I'm not taking home a bazillion papers and checking them, but I've spent quite a bit of time preparing the assessment as well as putting in the little bits of feedback as if I had graded it yep. by hand. Some hiccups on my end with using these formats is that sometimes a lab isn't available. Mm -hmm. And I prefer that if, if they're going to take an assessment, for instance, online, that we be in the lab and it not be on their phone because who knows what they're doing, uh, saving a screenshot or whatnot and right. sending it to friends. So making sure a lab is available, making sure that the Wi-Fi is strong that day. Um, so there are some hiccups with this format. I found great success with using the technology in the classroom but I still revert back to paper format a lot of the time when yeah. I see that there's too many hiccups. Um, so it's not necessarily making your life easy peasy. It's the same amount of work, but the benefit to the students is far greater. Yes, and something else I just thought of, when a student is absent, Oftentimes, I have to wait until that absent student or the 10 absent students make up an assessment before I can pass back an assessment to the students that were in class that day. Right. And so what's nice about the online format is I can create another form for the absent student, but the students that were present that day get their feedback right away. And so that is a benefit that I just thought of. 
and working with an online format. Um, this year I've decided to use a combination of both and it's gone pretty well. There are students that still like the paper and pencil mm -hmm. format where they can cross out their answers that they're not using and um, but there are some that just like to click and and work through problems on a screen so uh, we have a variety of learners and trying to meet their needs and realize that you, we all have the same goal it's just getting there and using the different modes to get there. So when I heard that you were using the ability to record and upload for grading I thought to myself well wow that really eliminates a lot of that anxiety of having to perform on like right in front of the teacher right when they ask like they have a moment to like really gather themselves and then upload and then it's still you're still seeing them essentially live you're just not seeing them in person yes um, I'm glad that you brought that up um, initially that was my thought was students that are on the more shy side or anxious have an opportunity to practice and to to really make it their own record as many times as they need to essentially until they get the product they want and to submit it. So the, the big dialogue at the beginning of the year is like that, which is nice. And um, students take a deep breath when I describe the dialogue, but then I preface it by saying, you're going to record a video. And the, the, the anxiety in their face just drops. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, we do still do speaking assessments up at the desk uh, because that is the format of the common assessment but getting students comfortable in the language that's that's the most important part because by providing examples of them being able to record themselves and practice helps them feel more confident when we have daily participation um, which is part of their grade in the Spanish classroom right. so uh, once again providing different modes for them just to be comfortable and confident is, is important awesome um, one last question if you could tell teachers listening right now um, what one piece of what you do would you recommend they consider trying? What's one little nugget that you feel is worth saying, hey, I think this might be something, like this is my one thing that I would recommend? I think the one thing that I would recommend is, I think using any of these formats, um, in particular Schoology, whether it's you choose it to use it as your class website or you choose it for students to engage in group projects or discussion boards, no matter what one chooses in their classroom, using some sort of digital format is helpful so that students in today's day and age in 2020 realize how important digital citizenship is, no matter the content. Because I didn't think in a million years being a Spanish teacher that I would be using an online format where students are writing in Spanish, um, giving each other feedback in Spanish, but also learning how constructive that a digital, digital option can be and embracing the culture that the students love so much, their technology, their devices. Teachers can be uh, leaders in that way in providing the digital citizenship piece, no matter what method that you choose. That's awesome. Well, I really, really want to thank you, Sarah, for taking the time to talk to me and to let me record you for this podcast, because I know it can be hard to find the time, especially on your prep hour, but um, I think the information you have and what you're doing is super valuable for people to hear about, and um, I just appreciate you being open enough to talk to me and let, let me record you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank so, you for your time as well. Yeah, thank you for your time.